0: am 790 talk and business presents water fire ignites rhode island with your host bronwyn dannenfelser join bronwyn to hear about the next water fire event in downtown providence plus other great cultural events happening in the community now here's your host bronwyn dannenfelser
1: and good afternoon and welcome to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, your one-hour talk show and entertainment program here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And every Wednesday we're here and we're bringing you behind the scenes and into Rhode Island's signature event that has been setting the state on fire for nearly 20 years. And I hope everyone is enjoying this unbelievable weather. Um, I'm sitting here and I'm praying that on November 8th, which is our next large water fire, um, my pre- personal favorite. It is the Salute to Veterans um, that we have the same weather and we've got a really great show today uh, as we prepare for this upcoming full lighting. on again, Saturday, November 8th, the second annual Water Fire Salute to Veterans and uh, boy, is it going to be a big one. Um, last year we kicked off uh, our first uh, fire uh, so as a Salute to Veterans and it was pretty massive and this year it has grown exponentially, not only with the opening ceremonies and the uh, torch procession which has doubled in size, so we're about to see 300 veterans from all different um all different ages and all different generations walking with torches uh, and to kick off the procession. And then we also have a Veterans Resource Fair, which is presented by Walmart and sponsored in part by Chevy, Taco the White Family Foundation, Chisholm Chisholm and Kilpatrick and Lifespan and some other contributing sponsors and that has doubled in size as well, which really makes me feel good because it means that we've had so many more people coming up saying, you know we do incredible things for veterans and we would love to participate this year. So we've got a real lot to look forward to. And um, one of our really wonderful exhibitors last year uh, was the ESGR, which is the Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve. Um, This really incredible group that works on kind of what I would call matchmaking, um, employers and veterans uh, and National Guard members that are coming home. And I'm so excited to have in the studio with me today Brian LaFauci, uh, who is with ESGR here in Rhode Island. And uh, Brian, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing very good.
1: Yeah, you, nice, sunny, beautiful day. You've got a big, sunny <laughs> smile <laughs> and on your face. you got me face. inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not right, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're so excited um, to bring ESGR back to the Resource Fair this year. Um, it's, it was such, uh, we were just talking before we went on the air, and Brian was saying um, it was pretty nonstop uh, at the Resource Fair at your tent. So, Brian, can you give us a, a little bit of a background, one on yourself, and, and what ESGR really is and what you do?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, before I do that though, I did, I wanted to piggyback what you said because, you know, you're talking how this is your favorite event and, uh, and the torchbearers and how that number has grown and, As I talk about ESGR, one of the things I'm going to talk about is how we really, although I'm a full-time staff and we have two other full-time staff here in Rhode Island, we're really a volunteer organization. We are nationwide, about 4,200 strong volunteer nationwide. Here in Rhode Island, we have about uh, just under 40 volunteers that work our mission with us. Wow, that's Uh, amazing. And a lot of our volunteers are veterans, right? And as you know, recently in the veteran community, there's been this big Vietnam push that's been going on, you know,
1: it's the 50th anniversary, isn't it? Or That's what they're calling it.
2: Right. And so you see a lot of organizations really trying to do their thing to recognize, uh, you know, Vietnam service members. And I just want to tell a quick story about your event, because so we have one of our volunteers uh, who got to be a torchbearer last year and um, served in Vietnam. And one of the amazing things is when you listen to these guys talk, that you know they didn't come home to the same reception that our troops come home till now. As you mm-hmm. know, you know it's night and day what the experience is like. So when he walked down that corridor mm-hmm. of you know the the light, lighted torches on the side, carrying the torch, walking down there, it was his cathartic moment of coming home. And he he you know he explained it as it was what I had needed for forty, fifty years to kind of feel that that gratitude that I deserved. Uh, and so the, this is a, an amazing event. And I just wanted to tell that personal story because I remember him telling and, and feeling that feeling that we kind of, you know, I was a service member 12 years on the Air Guard side. and So we're used to that. But to not experience that is was such a different life. So for him to get to experience that was really really something.
1: Well, it's interesting because I, I think I mentioned it last week on the show. But it, the Vietnam veterans, we got such a wonderful response because, as you said, the welcome home was very different for them. But even at this water fire, these opening ceremonies are different than any other. Um, I mean, the Gloria Gemma water fire. It's a they do a very large torch procession as well. Very different feeling as all of those cancer survivors and members come down into the basin and this fire the bands playing people are up and you know water fires usually got that kind of really calm feeling too and people were cheering and as people were coming down and the smiles that i saw on people's faces um it made me feel good to know that our whole community could say thank you because i think our community recognizes now, you know, the, the need that there probably was back then to do that, and maybe they missed that opportunity, but we can certainly do it now. So right. thank you for telling there, that story. Yeah, there story. is a
2: lot of energy to it, and it's nice to play into it because ESGR, our organization, like you said, is really, it's an organization there for the service members. We've been around for over 40 years, and our mission when we first got started really was the relationship building. You know, we're the handholders between the service members and the employers, helping National Guard members kind of manage their deployments with their civilian employers and vice versa you know helping the civilian employers learn about how to manage a national guard member with mm-hmm. the fact that they have duty and 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 they're going to leave you for periods of time and how do you how do you backfill that how do you handle that what are your rights responsibilities that whole complex dynamic uh you know we do a lot of recognition of employers that are really supportive. We do some mediation when issues arise that are kind of unclear with how the law is written. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we've been working that here, at, well, na- nationwide for over 40 years.
1: Now, is it just National Guard members or does it expand? Like, so if there is a somebody who's, um, I don't know, from a different branch of the service who's a, a veteran right. from a different war or a different time, can they still come to ESGR? And
2: right. So, when we talk about the issue of uh, ESGR and, and maintaining that National Guard and civilian employee relationship, that is mainly a, a National Guard function because th- those are the people, the Reserve and National Guard are the ones who are kind of serving part-time, working full-time on the civilian side. Uh-huh. However, our, our Hero to Hire program, which kind of came to life about two, little over two years ago because of the rising veteran unemployment rate and our natural <laughs> – fix in the community there as the direct connect between service members and the employers. Yeah. That program really works with the spectrum. So we work with you know National Guard, Reserve, veterans, dependents. Uh, it, we really don't turn anyone away as far as helping to create employment opportunities for veterans, dependents, and military members of, of any type.
1: I, I think that's amazing because especially as we all know, unemployment has been so high over the past few years when the economy tanked Everyone was looking for a job, and, I mean, these you had all these people who are putting their lives on the line and going over and doing tours, and, and it's nice to know that, you know, when they come back, that there there's resources available to them to connect them with employers.
2: Right, and we serve a really good niche, right, in that yeah. kind of fashion. Um, you know, we do the typical things you would expect of any agency that's trying to make connections like that, uh, whether it be hiring fairs or networking events. We have a veteran hiring fair that's coming up um, on November 18th, right at the Warwick Armory. We're hosting one with the Chamber of Commerce. We do the uh, Hiring Our Heroes events pretty much twice a year on a regular basis for the last three years. So we're doing one on November 18th from 10 to 1. Um, You know, we do a lot of things like that. But the other piece that really kind of makes us a little unique is because we've had such a long-standing relationship with these businesses in the community, in our other role. We have the ability to do a lot of direct connect of, you know, employer who might come to us and say, hey, I got this position, and service members that are working with our Hero to Hire program, and just plugging and playing, like, okay, we got these three that directly fit that need, and, you know and funneling them right through to them. And you, in, go ahead. And, and in that fashion, we've had some ex- unbelievable success. Linda McConorico is our H2H program coordinator right now. And in the last six months, she's posted close to 130 direct hires like that.
1: Wow. that That's a staggering yeah. number. That's really impressive. Um, now, do you find that there are a lot of companies here in Rhode Island that are jumping on board, saying, absolutely, we're, we're into what you're doing? And very much so. Very right. much
2: so. We, we live in a, a very military friendly state which is ironic cuz i think when you think that term when i if i said name me a military friendly state you know people're going to say oh texas or it's going to be a southern state because it's just i think that's the you know the general thought of it is mm-hmm. that you know those are your you your typical places where there's a lot of large military bases, and they get that. Uh, but what we have here is we got a large core of small business who's very dedicated to our veterans, our Guard and Reserve members, and what they do. And we have some some excellent big business supporters as well here in Rhode Island. I mean, uh, you know, we have places like CVS, Care New England, um, UNFI, all these large national companies that are headquartered here that. Are fantastic.
1: I want to come back. I want to talk about them. And I want to talk about the process and and especially what we're going to be able to see down at Waterfire. But I I think we should do a couple of nods to those big companies that are really putting it forth and the small ones as well. Um, But we are sitting here and we are talking to Brian LaFauci and from the ESGR. And he's talking about being at the resource fair, the Waterfire Veterans Resource Fair on November 8th. And we will be back in a moment. You are listening to AM 790, your station for talking business. Hello, 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 and you are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for Talk in Business. And I am Bronwyn so your host, and we're having a great conversation here with Brian LaFauci from ESGR, which is the employer support of the Guard and Reserve, which are going to be um, present at the Water Fire Salute to Veterans and the Water Fire Resource Fair. So we we're just talking about the incredible uh, work that you're doing connecting people in the National Guard to local companies and right Right before the break, Brian, we went and uh, we were saying a little bit that there's big companies and small companies in Rhode Island's very supportive. Can you give me some, for instances, as to who you're working with?
2: Yeah, so we have a lot of companies that are really, you know, spending a lot of time just reaching out to us as well to get our service members hired for the obvious reasons that people are looking to hire service members. Uh, you know, interesting thing happened. it kind of sums up and then i'll go into some of the other companies but i was meeting with uh bmw at, over at inskip recently mm-hmm. for the same reason you know and i was sitting down with the general manager and he said you know here's my, here's my trouble brian here's what i got he said i i hire these people i bring them on board and and then you know they fail the background check or they fail the drug test and and so many times i you know i got a 40 percent hit rate with the people i want to bring on board because of all these factors i said well we got maintainers in Rhode Island here. We got plenty of them. We got maintainers trained on vehicles, on airplanes, on on helicopters, and you know, I mean, we got a large group of, of these people who could fit this this billet that you're looking for. They've got
1: specialized skill sets specialized that skill have been set, honed, right? and
2: yeah, yeah. I said, oh, and by the way, they're they're all drug tested and they are all passed a background check because they because they've security clearance and on and on. So, I mean, he got he was excited, obviously. You just made a, life a lot easier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a natural fit, you know. So we run a program where we. we. We actually take companies that have hiring opportunities like that, and we've been able to get them in with the units on their drill weekends to come in during a lunch period. Mm -hmm. The units know they're coming, and we pair them up with units that it makes sense. So if I got, you know, if I have a construction company, I'll pair them up maybe with an engineering unit where I know I got a lot of people that would fit maybe the billets of of plumbing or HVAC or or whatever it is they need. And same thing like with that BMW situation, pairing them up with. Uh, those skill sets, like with the vehicle maintenance group or something like that. Uh, And it's a win-win because not only does the company get in front of the veteran who is an obvious hire for them, but they get in front of people who wouldn't come to a job fair. And that's one of the big things we always talk to them about is people who are coming to a job fair are usually unemployed and they're looking. Right. But people who are maybe looking, who maybe would switch jobs or are looking for a better job, a lot of times they don't do that. They don't take that step. So these people, sometimes you might not hire someone unemployed. You might hire someone that's working, someone that would rather work for you. Yeah. You know, by going to them, you get that. So we do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Like I said, like you brought up, a lot of great companies that are working a lot with us. Um, We have uh, Securitas and RIBI, which are both security, kind of competing security companies. But Mm -hmm. they both really, they come to us a lot for... You know, recruitment That makes sense <laughs> It does, yes it, it does make a lot of sense uh, I would say the city of Cranston and Providence Have both been excellent supporters of us Especially on the, uh, you know Municipality side Police, fire, things like that Oh wow, that's, uh, you a, know, recruiting. that's good to know Yeah, recruiting through us as well uh, Companies like Prudential Torre General Dynamics You know, some of those other Big government contract companies as well
1: So those are big companies But if somebody out there is listening And has a smaller company And wants to be part of this Then they can just reach out to you Or reach out to ESGR Essentially, right. RI and, and connect. And right.
2: So Linda Macani is our employment transition coordinator. Mm-hmm. She handles all that from from the service member side to the employer side. So she's the main connection for employments. Uh, so anyone who wanted to reach out to her could give her a call. Her number here in Rhode Island is two seven five one two four eight, and that's Linda Macani So she managed that dynamic. You know, the employment pe- connection piece between employers and the service members.
1: I so and how does the pro- how does the process go for 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 instance. So if I am in either the hire-to-hire or I'm uh, just coming with the National Guard, is it I sign on to a website, I tell you what I'm good at, where I've been? It's a lot more
2: personalized than that, and that's one of the things that I think we really pride ourselves on is the one-on-one attention that we give on both ends, both to the employer and the service member. So on the... Service member side, Linda's going to sit down with you. She's going to either work directly with you or, like I said, we have some excellent volunteers. We have volunteers that have 40-plus years HR consulting that are sitting down with our service members, developing their resume. We're working interview skills, stuff like that with them. Um, So we provide that one-on-one, face-to-face time with them to get their package ready to go in front of a company and be very successful.
1: That is so important because I got to tell you, I even get resumes from uh, people who want to intern with me yes. from uh, colleges and the graduate students, and I go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we try to take the ooh factor away. Yeah. That's, that's our goal. <laughs> that's
1: fantastic. Yeah. So, when, all right, so you're coming down to the resource fair yeah. and you're bringing what I'm calling a mobile command unit. I mean, it is big and it's beautiful and it's going to be at the top of Washington Street on Washington and North Main Street. Just look up Washington Street. You're not going to miss it. But what will be there, and what will people be able to do? Will people be able to sign up and give you their names? Or?
2: Without a doubt. This is the coolest thing we have. So mm-hmm. we've been pushing for this for a while, so I want to thank you because it was the size of your event that really got them to say, oh, we'll definitely send it up there. Because it, so
1: did this come from Washington? <laughs> it does. This is a national,
2: right. uh, national resource that a lot of people are trying to get their hands on. It's, it's pretty much like a transformer truck is really what it is. It pulls up. It's an H2H truck. And then it kind of opens up to a mobile job store, right? So all the all the ways you can sign on to H2H, we're going to have uh, – Linda will be there as well, along with our other volunteers, kind of getting people signed up, talking to people about the program, what we do. Yeah. But the cool part is you can see all of the features of the H2H program right there That's because great. there are a lot of great high-tech features to it as well.
1: And can you see essentially how many people are looking um, or how many employers are looking for people right now? Yes. And so available? employers
2: on that system – uh, they, that are using us signing on really saying we're looking for service members to work for us and they can search it vice for they, you know they can ser- search both ends so like a service member can search all these employers who are looking to hire veterans yeah. and vice versa so this the uh, the employer can go on and search all the service members signed up.
1: I think that's awesome. And there was something else on your website. So I, I was researching you, and you've got a uh, program where you help spouses, and it's called the Spouses Corner. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. So one of the
2: things that ESJ has always preached is that, you know, when you prepare a service member to deploy, it's really about the structure at home being sound, okay? And that really includes the spouses. So we work with the spouses just as much as the service members, and especially when it comes to the employment end. Because if a household has employment issues, it really doesn't matter if you get the service member or the spouse a job. Mm-hmm. You've just improved the stability of that household and the preparedness for that service member to be in a good place when they go to deploy and focus on the mission. So our resources that we offer to the spouse are very much like the service member as far as assisting with employment opportunities as well as recognizing supportive employers. Because a big thing happens when if uh, if a service member goes away. Mm-hmm. Their spouse has these additional responsibilities now. And inevitably, almost, you know, more so than the service member who has to go away and do one job, and now the spouse takes on a bunch. So the recognition of those employers for supporting the spouse is equally as important.
1: I think that's really important for people to know, um, because again, it's expanding. Well, what a great job. You're expanding past just service members. You're expanding to veterans, that your current service members of the National Guard, veterans, their families. We are so proud to have you be part of our Veterans Resource Fair. It's a, uh, it's amazing. And I know that just because you and I are sitting here and we were talking about it, it's going to be this sort of weather, right?
2: It it definitely is. Um,
1: All right. Well, Brian, um, we're going to have to take a break, but I want to thank you so much. Again, if anybody wants to reach you, what is the website that someone would go to? Okay. They can
2: go to esgr.mil. That's our national website, and they can find any state contact from there. So if you're close by Mass or Connecticut, you can find your state contact there, or you can find the Rhode Island contact right there as well, esgr.mil.
1: And we'll also make sure to post that on the WaterFire website. So it's waterfire.org slash radio and then we'll also be posting that on our Facebook page and again Brian I know you've got to go uh, coach a soccer game and, and it's a big one and so thank you for taking time out and uh, for being with me today thank you very much and you are listening to AM 790 Talk Business your station uh, for talking Business uh, talk to you soon bye bye Hello and welcome back. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk in business. And what a great interview that was uh, with Brian LaFauci from the ESGR. We are looking so forward to the Water Fire Salute to Veterans happening on September 8th. Buckle up. It's going to be a big one and it's going to be amazing. And next week we'll be bringing even more people on to talk about that. But, you know, right around the corner is Halloween, and I have a friend who is actually the Executive Director of the Providence Public Library, and I wanted to bring him on anyway to talk about the Providence Public Library, because it is such an awesome place. If you haven't been there, it has been refurbished in the last year. It is just gorgeous, and there's just lots of events happening, but I know... I was kind of tuned into it because there's a big one happening on Friday uh, for Halloween. But I'm so excited to introduce my listeners to Jack Martin, the executive director of the Providence Public Library, who just actually flew in from London. So uh, how you doing, honey?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm a little bit jet lagged but I am hanging in there, so um, I'm 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 doing well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Well, I was so excited, <laughs> and you know, I was introduced to Jack. Um, so anyone who wants to know, uh, we were it was a very early morning at like seven o'clock, and the Providence, War Convention and Visitors Bureau had us all on a bus on the way to New York to tout to a bunch of media outlets, and I mean like big media outlets, um, all of the wonderful things happening in Providence. So WaterFire was invited, and Jack was from the Providence Public Library. And I couldn't help but notice him right away because he always has the most fabulous outfits on. And if you're walking around Providence and you see a guy who's just got more fashion sense than anybody else and there's polka dots and there's all different, <laughs> it's just good fashion. You know, and a big smile. That's probably Jack. You might as well just try it. Say Jack and see if he turns around. Stop. Um, <laughs> but you are on the bus uh, at this early part of the morning and you were talking to my friends from 1031 Productions. Yes. And, um And I, I was kind of half listening because I was really kind of of only a quarter awake. Does that make me half listening? No, no, that's me get quarter good. listening. But anyway, <laughs> I, I started to get intrigued, and I had just gone to the P- Providence Public Library for the P- Providence Business News' Book of List Party. The Book of List Party. Yeah. So, what? W- gosh, what incredible things are happening there, Jack? Can you tell me just a little bit of history, and then how long you've been there, and what you, what you're doing, because you're really sure. reinventing the place.
0: Sure. Sure, we're trying to. So, uh, the library actually turns 140 this year, so we've been around for a long time, and we... Uh, uh, and as, as you said, we actually uh, we reopened um, some of some of the, the brand new spaces in our classic 1900s building, which is gorgeous. Um, I actually used to check people's books out there when I worked there in 1999.
1: You worked there in 1999? I did, I did. I worked
0: there from 99 until 2001. So I worked at the downtown library, then I worked in two neighborhood libraries. So I have, I have a history with Providence and its libraries, which is great. And you know the inside scoop, sort of. But so, um, but so, no. There's there's pretty spectacular things um, going on at the library. I mean, everything from these wild, big, crazy events. Um, to some pretty fabulous um, adult literacy and teen programs up in our fifth floor learning lounge, which we just reopened this summer, which if you haven't had a chance to look at, it, check it out. It's a brand. It's, it's we, we cleaned out a non-public a non a, a non-public space, and now the public can come up to the fifth floor for the first time. So you should definitely come and check that out. Yeah. And then, as you were talking about, we have this amazing, wild Halloween um, party coming up on Thursday. Friday, um, in partnership with 1031 um, Productions, and um, we're calling it Mysterium, the Eternal mm-hmm. Masquerade, and I can't give too much away, but if you can picture a scavenger hunt through the library, mm-hmm. through parts of a library that the public have never been allowed to enter.
1: So through all the book stacks th- and all, everything? Oh,
0: through all the book stacks, through, I I, I can't even tell you because, because the public has to discover it on their own. Um, But but there's there's a puzzle to be solved, and um, we hope – and once people come in, they're going to have great food and great drinks, and then the party will officially start. And then, again, it'll be a scavenger hunt through the library. Um, The the entire production is actually inspired by the collections of the library, so um, folks who come to the party will actually get to see pieces of the collection that they may not not have ever seen before. Nice. So um, it's it's great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be eerie and spooky and um, if you haven't gotten tickets yet uh, you can go online to www.provlib.org yeah we'll uh, post check that, that, that on the Waterfire yeah, w- uh, website awesome. and the Facebook
1: be awesome. because I know it's so 1031 we know they started right. on mm-hmm. Halloween at Waterfire and they've been on the show before and so for those of you, I keep throwing out there 1031 um, those are the gargoyles and the incredible living statues that you've seen at Waterfire but even more they've evolved Jack I was talking about that's because I saw you do a great oh, right. job on the road <laughs> show just got to say um, but they've evolved to the, they've, it looks like there's going to be some dance elements and performances
0: there's dance that there's dancing there will be theater um, there will be um, some spoken word um, then there will be, you know, more um, more pieces in the tradition of, of ten thirty one productions, the still pieces. So it's 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 I think it's exciting for all of us. You know, it's it's great it's a great opportunity for the library to open its doors and to, to see for folks to see spaces they've never seen before. But it's a great opportunity also that, you know, 1031 has been able to expand their oeuvre, you know, of what they of what they're offering, and this is this is a great chance to see it all, and it's on Halloween. Who doesn't love Halloween?
1: 1031. Hello, Ta-da. I know, right? <laughs> Mysterium. <laughs> well, and it's funny because again, I said I went to the Providence. Um, Business News Book of List, and I was absolutely amazed at that space. And so it's not only v- this event coming up, but you've been doing a lot of different events, and it looks like the, the culture shifting over at the library and really bringing it kind of forward. And I guess you said bringing people in the doors because one thing that came to my mind, and this might I'm probably going to sound very daft, so don't laugh at me. <laughs> but I was thinking about libraries recently, and with everybody always on the Internet and on their iPhones, I was like, well, how many people actually make it through the doors of these old, beautiful libraries, either just, just to go read or to find out what's happening there? And um, I would have thought that that would have kind of diminished over the years. But with the programs that you have going on, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'll mention in a second or you can actually expand on, um, there's you've got everything from economic development seminars that you're doing there all sorts of interactive like movement right. so uh,
0: the funny thing is is that, that, that the numbers of people going into libraries is not shrinking at all. It's actually it's actually growing. Wow. Um, and and while there are a lot of us who have the internet at home, a lot of a lot of folks don't actually have access to the internet, so they really rely on libraries for access to the internet. So um, so people are coming to libraries all over the country because of that. Um, the province public library to me is particularly exciting um, because we have um, an opportunity to to rethink um, library spaces and library and, and what a library can be. Um, in fact, we just finished our, our um, a, a big uh, long focused summer of strategic planning um and, and we've called it think again because we want people to um think again about what libraries can be, but we also want to people to come back to the Province Public Library to think again and um it's really all about th- exactly what you described, you know. W- Rethinking, you know, in the past, the libraries have been sort of thought of as these sort of passive, you know, um, grocery store models where people come in and they get a book and then they leave. Well, what we're going to be what you're going to be seeing unfolding at the Province Public Library is a kitchen model where people come in, they experience something at the library. They might um, they might want and they might learn something with either with an object from the library's collection with. Um, peers with friends with um, a class um, with anything and, we, and they're actually going to walk out of the library with uh, real skills skills that will hopefully help them get uh, you know a high school diploma will help them get into college will help them get a job or an internship um, so we're, so we're looking at a shift f- in, in the model, so and, and we're going to be rolling out these sort of expanded learning opportunities for everybody at the library.
1: Well, and I saw that in all ages as well. So I know that you've got, um, is it at the Chase Library? You've got great reading programs and interactive programs for young adults and the, and the kids.
0: The, the Chase Children's Discovery Library is nothing short of amazing. Um, it's an early childhood learning center and it focuses on uh, blending play and literacy. So, um, babies. And toddlers, and two, and three, or four, and five-year-olds um, all come in, and they make messes, and they play to with, they play with each other, they play with their parents, and they play together. And then they actually have a story hour, um, at which and the, the weekly story hours build on one upon one another. So it's amazing. Um, this summer, I should also tell you, we, we've uh, started something new um, on our fifth floor learning lounge. We've rolled out. A new um, teen program where we armed teens with iPads for the entire summer and told them to go out and document a, a Providence neighborhood of their choice. Wow. At the same time, they also came and investigated the collections of the Rhode Island collection mm-hmm. downstairs. And then we taught them how to build websites um, so they can, and they built exhibition websites that focused on that part of the neighborhood. And they digitized materials from the Rhode Island collection and put it side by side with their audio, video, and photo. Um, document documentation that they captured in the neighborhoods, and then they showcased it at the at the Rhode Island Historical Society. So
1: that is a, so cool. Yeah,
0: so we're so you're gonna be seeing more cool stuff like that rolling out of as as the next few months progress.
1: And then I saw the, something that caught my eye was the economic advancement and the workforce development support. And I was looking on the website um, on your calendar of events, and it, there's. just all sorts of seminars that, I mean, starting a small business workshop series on mm-hmm. um, social media. There's lots of things coming up. So what book? there's book talks and signing. But I love this that, you know, you're talking, you've got administrative and legal considerations when starting a small business. So you've got all these resources, and again, that are interactive. Mm-hmm. And then a lifetime education or a lifelong education services and program, which to me reminded (laughs) me of um, my friends from the Jewish Community Center always have these great little things that I sometimes go speak at and and little forums and things that they're doing, and that's the same sort of thing that you're doing at the library. It's
0: exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a new education model for libraries, and we're looking, like I said, we're looking to build out these new robust strands of programs that really help people gain new skills that they can learn, that, sorry, that they can use for, for school or for college or to get a job.
1: Yeah, so, alright, if you well, one, so you worked at a library at the Providence Library yes. for a couple of years. What was your degree in?
0: Um, my undergraduate degree is in theater and English, and right. then I have a master's in library science.
1: Very neat. So you you're at home.
0: I'm at I'm at home. I've been working in libraries since the age of thirteen. My mom volunteered me to work in my local public library in Cornelia, Georgia. And I thought, My God, I'm a big enough loser as it is already, you're just gonna make it worse. <laughs> but here I am. You know, and I never I never I never knew where it would actually lead to. So, you know, you never know what those opportunities that you have as a kid are going to lead to, and here I am.
1: Well, and it sounds like the theater matched with, you know, the library experience Mm -hmm. is what you are bringing um, to the Providence Public Library as you bring these events and open our eyes to what is available and kind of let us see, you Mm -hmm. know, you're pulling the curtain back and opening the doors and, you know, showing us the excitement that's happening inside.
0: We're tra- absolutely trying to. Um, I don't know if you had, had a, anybody had a chance to catch our whale guitar exhibition no, that we had no. in the spring. Um, we worked with a designer who wanted to raise awareness about what's happening in our oceans. And the Province Public Library has the second largest collection of whaling logs um, in the country next yeah. to the New Bedford Whaling Museum. And so these designers, they came in, they investigated our whaling collection and our whaling logs, and then they actually designed an electric guitar inspired by... Uh, the whaling collection, um, and they built it, and then they exhibited z- exhibited at the library. They had um, these amazing inspiration boards with music and with My Little Ponies and everything, mm-hmm. and then they had the whale guitar there. And then they, and then we had two programs where they actually performed the whale guitar, and it. It was beautiful. They, um, the libraries, they performed it at the top of the library's grounds, grand staircase, and the music just carried all across the library. and It was absolutely stunning. So we're also really interested in inviting folks to come in to help us rethink what these library materials could actually be, to remix them. Mm-hmm. Um, next, next spring, we're actually um, aiming to host a major exhibition on the history of Rhode Island music. And uh, last early, a couple months ago, we actually invited Rhode Island musicians and artists to come in and look at the pieces of our music collection um, wow. in hopes that they will help us rethink or, re, or remix those materials. We have song lyrics that have never had music written to them. We have music that's never been performed. We have um, b- band scores that have never been performed. So we're inviting performers, musicians, artists, all types to come and help us reinvestigate and rethink and recreate those experiences and around Rhode Island music.
1: So we'll be able to sometime next year be able to go and see performances. I yes. imagine. So yes, they're recreated. See, that's what I love about your your background and how I'm seeing it blend with what <laughs> you're doing now. I, again, from that's that's what excites me because when I looked uh, and again I feel a little ignorant, but when I looked at the calendar of events, I went. Holy moly! It's almost like, to me, uh, a performance space, mm-hmm. uh, kind of ma- matched with an intellectual space and a learning um, space. It, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Jack, congratulations! Thank you. On doing thank such you. a Great it's,
0: job. It's. I mean, I've only been there for ten months, but I'm trying. So it's. It's been. It's been fun. I have to say.
1: I uh, think you're doing a great job. So I want to remind everybody, because we only have about two minutes left here, um, that Mysterium. Again, 1031 Productions, Russell Mo- Morin Catering, right? Yes, yes. So Russell Morin, uh, if anybody has, uh, doesn't know him, which if you're from Rhode Island, you should know him. But Russell Morin Fine Catering is incredible. Mysterium, um, great night out for Halloween. Tickets are still available. Um, website again? Uh,
0: www.provlib.org and we hope to see you there.
1: And I ho- we hope that everybody goes and you know thank you so much for taking the time and listening today and Jack thanks for taking the time and and coming here straight from London that just that blows my mind and you know we actually made it through an interview with <laughs> Anytime anytime it, it's always a pleasure. It was awesome. So I want to thank everyone again for listening you're listening to AM 790 Talk in Business Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island I am your host Bronwyn Dannen-Feltzer. I'll be back next Wednesday and we'll be talking next Wednesday all about the big old water fire salute to veterans. So thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. See you down by the river.